You're listening to SBS News. Indigenous Australians still have a life expectancy around eight years less than the general population. One of the issues is a lack of personalised genomic medicine for a range of common diseases such as heart disease, diabetes and cancer. Now, a new national initiative has been launched to fill the gaps in research. Professor Alex Brown is lead of the Australian Alliance for Indigenous Genomics, or ALINE, and says this initiative is particularly important since 80% of the life expectancy gap is due to chronic disease. As a First Nations man from the UN Nation, Professor Brown knows firsthand how genomic research has excluded First Nations Australians. The reality is up until now, Indigenous and other what are termed ancestrally diverse communities have been left out of most of these efforts. And as a consequence, the solutions that will be identified from the work of genetic and genomic scientists and the healthcare delivery people will not include the critical elements that are required to represent the diversity of the communities we serve. Dr Crystal Sosi is a Navajo geneticist and bioethicist at Arizona State University and an activist for Indigenous data sovereignty. She was initially drawn to cancer research in the hope of finding solutions to higher rates of cancer in her Native American communities. When I was an up-and-coming Indigenous scientist, I was really interested in understanding why we had such huge rates of cancer and and if there were any ways that we could mitigate or cure this or even treat this condition in our communities. Unfortunately, what I found out is so much of the cancer field is profit-driven. I kid you not, I was uh, interviewing for a PhD program at a a top-ranked university, and two of the investigators were having an ego-measuring contest as to who had more drug patents on their walls. Dr Sosi's frustration actually led to her temporarily quitting science before she decided to turn her attention to the inequity embedded in current genomics data. She says it's part of a wider barrier to access specialised healthcare for Native American communities. I grew up in, in a place where we, we were just we didn't have the same access to preventative health services or, you know, these specialty care uh, providers or even like members in our family were sometimes would split antibiotics, which I know you're not supposed to do. But it speaks to the, the, the huge gap in, in our ability to access the same sorts of health care. It's this same barrier to specialised health care which Professor Brown witnesses in Indigenous Australian communities. He says a national Indigenous-led initiative is vital to regaining trust among First Nations people. I think I can't overstate um, how important it is for Indigenous people themselves to define their own future, their own destiny in genomics. Um, most of the work to date has actually dissolved trust between Indigenous peoples and the genomics community. An equity agenda within genomics will demand that we don't just include people, but that we turn the attention of those skills towards overcoming conditions which drive such huge gaps between population groups. Data is important, but data needs governance. This distrust among Indigenous Australians is in fact a global issue among First Nations people. 
Dr. Sosi explains how the methods of consent around this data have been highly questionable, as well as ethical failures around returning benefits to First Nations communities. Researchers entering our communities and literally taking our blood and helicoptering in and uh, and taking blood samples and just leaving the next day. There are a large number of projects that occurred. In the 90s and early 2000s, that were denounced as vampire projects or helicopter projects, and in which researchers were viewed as literally vampires or vampire bats who would come in the middle of the night, take people's blood, and just leave. The same data mining has occurred in African countries, which have the most genetically diverse populations. Dr. Erisa Mwaka is associate professor of human anatomy at Makure University in Uganda, and also works as an orthopedics pain surgeon and bioethicist. Of course, their main area of contention is yes, you come to us, you get our information, you get our samples, but there is nothing you're giving back to, uh, back to us. They are not benefiting. One, the results are not forthcoming. Then, of course, in the Western world. Uh, Genomics has been integrated into, you know, healthcare and clinical care. But back home, actually, there is almost, uh, I'll say there is almost nothing, genomic applications for, you know, for healthcare. He says a lack of research and funding led by African countries presents a serious barrier. But of course, another problem is many of our governments are not investing a lot in research. So basically, we're depending on, uh, you know, on sponsors and funders from, uh, from without. And of course, every funder has their own agenda, they have their own objectives. So their priorities might not be the priorities of the African, you know, of the, of, of, of the, the African countries. So I think it's through collaborative, uh, you know, collaborative ventures that actually we can utilize this, uh, this data. So just how important is this genomic data and how can it be used in treatments for various chronic diseases? Professor Brown explains. This data can be used to better identify somebody's own specific circumstances, their biology, the way in which their body works and ticks. And we do know that increasingly there are ways of taking that very individual or personalised information and target the right sort of treatments to that person according to their genetic profile. Currently, a lack of that information for Indigenous and other non-white peoples equates to a lack of specialised treatment, as Dr Sosi explains. For the general person and the general population, if they're white or of of European ancestry, uh, the chances that those clinical genetic tests um, are going to be beneficial to them are actually quite high because you typically have a large over-representation of your people of European ancestry represented on those tests. But if you're an indigenous person, because you have this history of distrust and your peoples and communities have historically not participated in the research, you may also not have that much representation on that test and that test may not be as clinically useful to you. That's where Align hopes to fill a significant and dangerous gap in health research and responses for indigenous Australians. The national initiative will be governed by an indigenous council and will be a collaborative effort among scientists and researchers across the country. Professor Brown is hopeful when it comes to future outcomes. Well, I think we can be extremely confident that over the next few years we'll have a very strong voice from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people about 
how genomics fits and what it needs to do to make sure it's delivering the goods to our communities. And I think we'll have some fundamental insights into um, how the genetic story can influence the development of, of some conditions in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, which might be different from uh, the remainder of the communities. Katrina Sterrett, SBS News.